about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father, we praise your holy name, Lord. We thank you. We are still allowed to gather in this country, Father. I ask you to bless this night, anoint it, Lord. Open our hearts and open my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> All right. I just want to read the couple of scriptures I read last week to start with. I always think of what Tom said once about repeat, repeat, forget stuff, <clears throat> you don't even have to turn there if you don't want, but it's 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then just skip down to 419. But I will come to you shortly, in the, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And when I gave the testimony about AJ, I left out the whole reason I was giving that testimony. <laughs> the, uh, after he got healed and his wife got healed, and uh, three weeks later, the, uh, I can't think of her name, the assistant pastor's wife that used to be here. Baya. Baya brought somebody in, and, and I'd been giving a lot of testimonies, and she said, uh, this guy can't work. He messed up, I think it was his leg and back. And then uh, I thought you could pray for him. And my heart kind of sank because I'm like, the whole reason for the testimonies is to encourage y'all to pray. So I thought, well, who's the youngest one? Who's the newest church member? And I looked around. I'm like, AJ, he's only been here. It was two or three weeks. So <laughs> AJ, come here. And then I'm like, pray for this guy. He's like, I can't do that. And like, same thing I did to Angelo, just... Lay your hands on him. Just say what I say. And it was like half gone, and then pray one more time, and it was gone. And then I gave the testimonies. Remember, that week, like, hey, the youngest guy here just prayed. So we don't have any excuses not to be praying for people. God wants to demonstrate more than you do, you know. All right, let's go to... <clears throat> Let me give a couple more testimonies. This one is... My brother was a uh, musician playing in clubs his whole life, and, uh, <coughs> sorry, he uh, got in a car wreck, crushed two discs, and broke his tailbone, and I went up to visit him, and I had only talked to him about God. One time I started, I tried to tell him about a miracle, and this is back when I was first seeing him, and uh he said, well, Jesus said your faith has healed you, and we only use 10% of our brain, you know, and if we believe, and, and I'm like, no, that's not what that means. And I didn't talk to him anymore. 
and that's about the only God conversation I had. I don't press God on people, but uh, so here we are a year later or so, and I go up to visit him, and he comes out like walking like this. He goes, sit down. He's like, he sits down. He says, I'm not going to be able to do anything while you're here. I said, well, can I pray with you? He says, well, you can pray later. Then uh, about five minutes later, he's yelling at his, one of his kids, Jesus, the F word, Christ, U, G, D, da, da, da. And I've learned something about that on a book. I'm Mr. Bunny Trail, okay? <clears throat> I know that. When someone starts GDing around me a lot, I think usually I like click, click, click. The Lord wants to do something. And those spirits know Christians get offended with their little pride thing. And when unbelievers are GDing, it doesn't bother God at all. I learned quick in the beginning. Now, if I do it, it's a little different because I know him. I'm cursing him. But they're not cursing him. They don't even know what they're saying. But I was new back then, so I figured God was offended. You know, I went in the room, got on my knees. I said, Lord, if you want to heal him, have him ask me. I'm not saying another word. I was there three days. I was leaving. I was standing in my car door. He had walked outside, and he says, well, you want to pray for my back before you go? I said, let's go back inside. <clears throat> So, and I was really insecure, shy, timid back then, spirit of fear. And uh, so this was definitely the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share what I told him, but I didn't realize I said this till I was telling the story to someone else. And I was like, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but uh, I went to lay hands on him, and he's just trying to make me feel good, he told me. He didn't expect nothing. I said, all right, you tried your little mind over matter thing. This is God through the Holy Spirit. I see, try to do a little man never matter thing. You can't sit down. You can't stand up. This is God through the Holy Spirit. He's like, okay. Pray for him. And if you even look on my videos on the internet, usually when I pray, they don't even know they're healed. I'm like, check it out. But the presence of God came really strong on him, which that's what got his attention and uh, totally healed him on the spot. Amen. And I had raised his first son till he was... 11, me and my mom, and he was from a previous marriage, and he moved in with them about two years before this incident, so now he's 13, and I was bringing him home for a week of vacation, so I get home, he calls, he keeps saying, it's awesome I was healed, but I've never felt anything like that, and I said, that's the Holy Spirit, he wants to live in you, I say that every time, <clears throat> and he says, well, I was reading this Bible, and I was like, about, you know, surprised I didn't drop the phone, and about speaking in tongues, and I was told that's the devil. What's that? And I was so insecure that I was in fear, you know. I was like, Lord, give me something quick. <laughs> and, and he did. I was like, that was cool, because he said, I said, you see those gifts listed next to that gift? Healing, miracles, yeah. Anyone that believes in those gifts? believes in that one too. Anyone that don't believe in that one, don't move in those other ones either. And he was just healed. So he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, that was pretty good. <laughs> so then uh, <laughs> I take the kid back home a week later and we're sitting at the table and, and I'm just praying. It's, I don't know, it's probably going on about a year. God told me to go pray for someone. He healed him. And I was just praying for everybody. He wasn't healing everybody, but he's healing a lot of people. And uh, so we're sitting at the table and he 
his wife had corporal tunnel. She's holding her wrist under the table. He goes, let Jimmy pray for your wrist. I used to go by Jimmy. says, leave me alone. He goes, if you want, okay, if you want to stay that way. And I was like, you don't do it that way, but <laughs> I don't know if God's going to heal her. <laughs> and uh, especially back then. I, but uh, he starts talking about something else. And he gets up, goes to bed, and talked to her a while. She, she gets up to go to bed. She goes, here, pray for my wrist. Grabbed her hands and prayed. She goes off to bed. Didn't say a word. I was there a couple days, come home. A week later, she called. She's bawling, crying. She says, I just want you to know when you pray for my wrist, I had a heat rush through them. They're totally healed. I'm filling five-gallon buckets, filling fish tanks for the lady across the street, and I have no pain. I just gave my life to the Lord this morning. I've been crying all day, and I'm going to go find a church. I'm like, praise God. So then, so then my brother starts going to church with her, and then uh, he keeps saying, asking about the Holy Spirit, you know. And thank God I went to a spirit-filled church. Two months <clears throat> into it, they, uh, he's praying by the bed, and he realized he wasn't speaking English, and he just froze. And the presence of God came, he said, like 10 times stronger than when he was healed and was on him for three days. And uh, when he went back in the clubs to play, now he said he would never leave that life. He had the most glamorous life, got to meet movie stars, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he'd never do an honest day's work. <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, Told the guys in the band, he said, I'll be praising God if I get a job digging ditches because I'm not doing this anymore. And he gave a six-week notice. <clears throat> so then he did odd jobs with people at church, and he grew so fast that in six months he's teaching men's ministry and counseling with people. And there was only one good job in town, Coca-Cola, and it was a two-year waiting list. He ends up counseling the guy that ran Coca-Cola. He gave him a job, and he worked there 17 years uh, with his heel back. <clears throat> and uh, delivering cokes all day. And uh, the neatest part of this story is seven years down the road, after he's saved, he's in a Christian band. They're playing this convention for preachers. He don't know any of them. He didn't set it up. And this preacher comes up and says, were you ever in a secular band? He says, yeah. He says, what was the name of it? He says, Branchwater. He said, I thought so. He said, I want you to know I had a calling of God on my life when I was seven years old, and I walked away when I was a teenager, and I really loved your band, and I traveled to hear y'all whenever I knew where y'all were at. And I was in the club that night. You got, that night you got up and said you gave your life to the Lord. You're leaving the band. And I went home that night and gave my life back to the Lord, and that's why I'm a preacher today. So. Time's flying. <laughs> one testimony. Two scriptures and one testimony. All right, I'm going to skip over some of this stuff in a second. Luke 10, 19. Probably read that last week. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and, serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And when I first started casting demons out, I, I was apologizing a lot. Lord, I just this is really fun. <laughs> I really enjoy it. You tell me not to. I don't know. I just <clears throat> seriously, I'm like, but uh. That word power there, 
is the Strong's Concordance is 1849. It means authority, and in most other places it's translated authority. It's not due to miss power like the other places say power. Where you have authority, just like when you someone joins a police force, they have the whole police force behind them. If the cop's standing out there with his hand out and you stop, it's, he can't physically stop your car. You know, if you don't know the Lord, you can't go get a demon out of somebody. You know, it's we have all of heaven behind us, and you don't say, "Well, how long have you been on the police force?" A week. Well, you can't give me a ticket. You know, <laughs> the minute you're born again, God. it's just you don't know you have that authority, but you have that authority. Amen. And last week we were talking about <clears throat> the enemy has rights. But let me tell this story. <clears throat> I told this years ago. I don't, none of y'all are probably here, except Pastor. The, uh, imagine you have a kid, say five years old, says, can I go out in the front yard and play? If you promise you'll stay in our yard, I don't want you going across the street. Those kids are trouble. says, I promise. You let him out. You look, he's across the street getting beat up. <coughs> and then you go over there, break it up, bring him home. Next day, can I go out in the front yard and play? you promise you'll stay in the yard. I promise. You look out, he's across the street getting beat up again. You're like, well, let him get beat up a little bit. Maybe that'll teach him. <laughs> Go over there, bring him home. Next day, can I go out in the front yard and play? If you promise you'll stay in the yard. I promise. You look out in your front yard, those kids are in your yard beating your child up. You're going to be right out there. Hey, listen, Buster, as long as my kids are in my yard, you keep your butts across the street or you got me to deal with. This is our yard. When we walk in what he tells us to walk in, we have all his protection. And almost every promise in there, sorry, but it has conditions. <clears throat> so, I'm going to read Romans 13, 8 through 10. How do you slow that clock down, Pastor? Romans 13, 8 through 10. 13, 8 through 10. Don't worry about Nine's that. really long. <laughs> Owe no man anything but to love one another. Uh, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, covet, I wish they translated it different because about everybody I know is in covetous. It's just America is breeded on the commercials. It's, we don't understand that word, though. <clears throat> and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love your neighbors yourself. Love works no ill towards, na- towards his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, there, Kenneth Hagin had a, uh, was holding a healing room. He would go to churches, have a healing line. And he told the people, he said, if you are coming Friday to the healing meeting, he said, if you'll come through the week and get the teaching, there's a lot better probability you'll be healed. So one day he taught on love <clears throat> and forgiveness. And there was a lady there on oxygen. I don't remember what all was wrong with her. had all kinds of problems. <clears throat> that night after she, he taught on love, 
She called her brother, who she hadn't talked to in 25 years, and they made up. He's like, I've been thinking about calling you. They made up. The next day, she wakes up totally healed of everything. She tells Kenneth Hagin, I've been trying all morning to find something wrong. I wanted you to pray for me. <laughs> but I'm healed of everything. <clears throat> so then she says, can you pray for my son? He has epilepsy. So he says, sure. So after the service, <clears throat> he's going to her house, and the Lord speaks to him and says, don't pray for the child. Tell her to tell that demon that now that she is walking in love, that he has no more right to be in her child and to leave. So when he gets there, he starts telling her. And when he starts telling her, of course, he goes into a seizure because that spirit's listening to him talk to him. And uh, she just turns and tells it. And he was delivered. And then he saw her a few years later said, how your son's still delivered? said, yeah, about six months later, it started to happen. I told the same thing, and he never had another seizure. There was a guy that went to Thurman Scrivener's. He was on 28 meds a day. would have five to seven seizures a week and got delivered. And I think it was two or three years later, he got in a car wreck or something. He's in the hospital, and the doctor comes in with his form, and he says, ah, I see you have epilepsy. And he don't want to get into it, so he's like, yeah. And in five minutes, he had a seizure. <laughs> and then he realized, he's like, I shouldn't have said that. So he's, I'm healed, I'm healed. So then they Baker acted him because they thought he's nuts. <laughs> uh, there was a lady, uh, <clears throat> I know a guy that went and started learning, went to Henry Rice. He was in Benny Hinn's ministry for four years. He got back <clears throat> and... He's walking through the wheelchair aisle, and he's, he was very good at uh, words, getting words of knowledge for people. And there's a lady all bound up in a wheelchair, <clears throat> arthritis. And he said, all right, Lord, if what I'm learning's true, what's the offense with this woman? He says, her uncle. So he goes over there, oh, ma'am, can I ask you a couple of questions? I don't want to offend you. And she says, honey, it's like a 70-year-old black Frank woman. <laughs> honey, I've been in this wheelchair 19 years. If you've got something, spit it out. She says, well, I believe you need to. <laughs> I believe the Lord showed me you need to forgive your uncle. She says, well, I've done forgave him 100 times. That shows you there's an issue. So he says, well, let's just do it again. He's like, Lord, I forgive my uncle. Lord, I forgive my uncle. He said it's like flat. He does it like three or four times. Like, Lord, what? What do I do? He says, tell her to release him. He says, Lord, I release my uncle. Lord, I release my uncle. And her hands come straight. He says, now tell her to release her dad. He says, I release my dad. He says, well, let's see if you can walk. He says, well, I can take seven steps. So he gets her up, and she starts running across the room. And Benny Hinn let her testify the next three nights. Romans 6.16. I feel like I'm going nowhere like I'm supposed to again. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death 
or obedience under righteousness. Second Corinthians two ten. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So they were even seeing the same things we see in deliverance where unforgiveness is the most common. It's not, there's many, there's many other things, and Ben was asking the girl that was manifesting back there Sunday that if she had any cold, I was like so happy to, you know, hear him asking things. <clears throat> the, uh, but it's just unforgiveness is so common. And everybody usually says, oh, I don't have any. <laughs> and everybody has it. <laughs> so what I do is in God, because God wants to heal the people, and because uh, they can block healing too. Let me give another quick testimony. Guy pulls up in my shop. It's <clears throat> about seven, eight years ago, and uh, he was at the shop, two sh like a couple shops down from mine. I was walking in the parking lot. And I started talking to him, and his back's hurting. I'm like, "Why don't you come over to my shop a minute?" <laughs> so I take him in there, and I still fight fear, man. You know, insecurity. That's fear, man. The, uh, so I don't usually tell people, can I pray? I usually like sit down. I want to, let me check your feet, you know, and I'll hold them and I'll say, you see how your foot's shorter? Then I'll go watch this. And I say, Lord Jesus, line his back up. That's, you know, so they don't even know what I'm doing until I do it usually. <laughs> so I sit him down. I like, kind of look at your feet. I take his feet. His friend walks in. So he says, what you doing? So I said, watch this, you know, and God healed him. He says, well, pray for my shoulder. God healed his shoulder. And I was like, well, the same God that just healed y'all also died so you could live eternally in heaven if you'll ask him to be Lord of your life. And so that led them both to the Lord, and then he's like, well, I have diabetes. Now, there's no better time to cast the spirit out of someone than when they just get saved because everything's forgiven. <laughs> And the enemy usually draws them back in the same sin. They don't even know they're delivered to half the stuff they're delivered. But uh, so I just, no problem. I said, spirit of diabetes, come out of them in Jesus' name. That's it. And uh, no manifestation, nothing. About two months later, the guy comes in my shop. Hey, ever since you prayed, my blood sugar is perfect. Can you pray for my friend? I'm like, sure. Sit him down. Now, you don't. When you're praying for non-believers, they're not children of God. They're not commanded to forgive. God just heals them, show them he's God. So I always like praying for non-believers. They're easier to get healed. So be serious. So this guy sits down. I don't know him. His, I think it was his back and leg. I pray. I'm like, stand up, move around. Oh, it's just the same. I said, sit down. I said, you know the Lord, don't you? Yeah. I said, you know him good too, don't you? Because even new believers, is <laughs> when you know when you're not forgiven, you know. I said, you know I'm really good, don't you? He's like, yeah, I do. I said, you know how I know you know him so well? He goes, I said, because you'd have been healed if you didn't. 
said, here's the problem. Even in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. If you do not, neither will your Father forgive you. And I read some scriptures to him. I said, now, do you want to forgive? Yeah. So this is what I just recommend for anybody doing any deliverance or even praying for healing is the Holy Spirit wants to heal them. It's not the adversary. And uh, I said, Lord, show him who he needs to forgive. And I usually wait a couple minutes. I do it over the whole, when I did it in here, when I do group deliverance. And uh, a couple minutes, I'm like, you still seeing people? Yeah, they usually are. I said, that's okay. As long as you know you have to forgive now, anybody comes to your mind, you'll keep forgiving. You're not going to not forgive someone purposely. <clears throat> and then uh, prayed again. He was totally healed. The... Uh, Breast cancer, <clears throat> a lot of y'all know because teaching the Henry Wright stuff, right breast is unforgiveness towards female friend, left breast is direct relative. <clears throat> 19 women healed in one meeting just through repenting. There was a lady at this meeting, a guy was had taught that. <coughs> she comes up and says, I have breast cancer, and I heard what you taught, and I don't have any unforgiveness towards anyone. He says, ma'am. I've prayed for thousands, and it's right 100% of the time. The odds are greatly against you. Well, you're wrong. And then her, his wife stands up. <laughs> Let me talk to her, honey. Okay. And this guy just hears more than anybody I ever heard it audibly. I don't know why God does that. He's the one, Sid Ross said he's never seen anybody get this many people healed as he does. But he turns and walks. He said, Lord, you said if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And I'm asking. The Lord says, ask her if her husband had an affair. He said, wait a minute, honey. The Lord just spoke to me. Did your husband have an affair on you? Yeah, 14 years ago, but I forgave him for that. <laughs> 14, he's got the number down. <clears throat> and three minutes and 12 seconds. But <laughs> the, uh, so then, uh, <laughs> so, and the Lord says, ask her if she forgave the woman. He goes, did you forgive the woman? She, oh, I hate that woman. I'll never forgive her. How do you not know you have that? <clears throat> he says, ma'am, it's really simple. You can go get your breast taken off and get chemotherapy and maybe die, or you can forgive her, and that's in your hands. Man, you just made that easy. <laughs> and she forgave and got healed. There was a lady with bone spurs. Got healed at Henry Rice, and uh, she had a lot of forgiveness issues with her son. He was on drugs. And they got off drugs. Well, they got back on drugs and stole some stuff from her. And she was healed of all her bone spurs for like six months. And she, he stole some stuff from her. All the bone spurs came back. <laughs> and then she was working on forgiving when I saw her. Uh, all right. <clears throat> and I'm just giving, I, I started this given we were talking, you know, deliverance. I believe God's starting to move in deliverance in here, you know, <clears throat> even Sunday. Vows is another thing. I had a guy uh, came to my shop. Let me back up a little bit. A couple years before that, he's in my room. He had had his knee healed when I prayed for him, and so, but he wasn't living for the Lord. He liked to go out and fight and drink and party. And he's come by my house. He's like, I had this dream, and da da da, and. At this time, demons were manifesting a lot in people when I was alone with them. 
<clears throat> and uh, he's got different things. He did that for a little bit. I think he was trying to scare me, but it actually worked in my favor, so they stopped. But uh, he's telling me the dream, and I asked the Lord to, I don't know if I asked the Lord to show him what it meant, or if, but anyway, he starts manifesting. And I wasn't sure what was going on, because he just starts, he's like 300 pounds, a big guy. He's like, it looked like the lips are going around his head. He hits the floor, crawls over, snot's coming off his nose, and he starts climbing up my leg. His face gets here, and I just said, stop manifesting in Jesus' name. He's like, oh, my God, what was that? I'm like, it's a demon. It's all right. Everybody's got them. They just don't know they have them, and um, we have authority over them. And he sits down, oh, no, this isn't good. This isn't good. And I'm talking. He starts manifesting again, hits the floor again. <laughs> and I'm like, stop. Like five times I stopped it, and uh, there's no use to cast them out. Like, I'm just going to make them worse. He'll either be the same because it's going to come right back or more are going to come with it and he'll be worse. So um, a couple years later, he comes to my shop. He's like, man, I tore my rotor cup. I Keeley's tenant and my back's out. So God healed all of them. And then uh, he gave his heart totally to God and he was sincere. <clears throat> and uh, even married the girl he'd been living with seven years. And uh, then a couple of days later, because he was a home run hitter, he's one of the best in the country, actually. <clears throat> and it's, he's like, man, I can't hold the bat. My hands are hurting. I'm like, oh, no problem. Close your eyes. See, now he wouldn't have any problem before he accepted the Lord. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> I was like, show him who he needs to forgive. It's like, yeah, a couple of people came to me. I'm like, leave your hands. They didn't pray. Oh, they're good. Stops back by a week later, sitting at my desk, across from me. And Mike will tell you I got a big desk. Because <laughs> <it> <clears throat> he starts manifesting again. <laughs> and it's like this anger, hate thing. His face goes red, and he's trying to hold it back, and it's trying to make him flip the desk on me, which would be easy. He's like 300 pounds. And uh, I got up. <clears throat> now, let me tell you something. What I'm going to say, because this can sound prideful, when I tell you what I said, I tell you so you can use it. Because the only reason I knew to use this is I heard Henry Wright's testimony in the same situation where he used it. <laughs> okay. And those demons don't know where you get it from. So he's like, and I just got up and got right down in his face. I said, you want to go to the pit before your time? You touch an anointed man of God. And it stopped. And we're sitting there. And he's like, man. I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you something. That's the third time. And uh, I'm like, well, he goes, but I really don't want to say. I said, that's the way demons work, and you need to know this. The spirit of shame will keep the person from telling the very thing that will set them free. Yeah. And usually after they tell you, they're like, I don't know why I was embarrassed to tell that, but it makes it really embarrassing because they won't get free if that's, if that's the thing. I, and I explained that to me. I, he goes, okay. He says, well, I was five years old, so here he's embarrassed something at five. That's kind of crazy. But that's just the way the enemy works. He says, my mom spanked me, and I walked out back, and I said, Satan, I'll serve you, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember what all he said. I said, that's it. That's where it came in. I said, this is an easy one. Just repeat after me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And then say everything you said. And he said the vow. And then I just commanded it to go. And he's like, 
man, I've never felt this peaceful. Wow, this is wild. He calls me next day. My wife was yelling last night. Usually I get mad and yell and it didn't bother me. <laughs> next, <laughs> next day he's calling I can't believe this. This is I've never felt like this. And he's calling me every day for like three weeks. Just I can't believe how different I feel. I said, because it's been there since you were five. You know, you never felt normal. And uh, so vows, another, uh, let me think here. Oh, then he brought his wife in, and uh, she had a vertigo. And I prayed and wouldn't leave, and then I was like, I was like, Lord, what is, I can't remember, what's vertigo? Then I was like, oh, wait, anything from the neck up is usually occulted, okay? I said, hey, uh, did you do, uh, you know, tarot cards, Ouija boards? You know, I just started naming, you know, psychics or any type of stuff. She says, yeah, I was really into that, but then I haven't done it since I got saved. I was like, oh, that's it. And I had prayed and commanded to go, nothing was happening. So... Got to repent of that, prayed again, it was gone. And she'd spent quite a bit of money at the doctors trying to figure it out. And uh, same guy came back. <laughs> a lot of testimonies. Testimonies good? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> he come back, this is a year or so later, and he's got a big blood clot on his leg. <coughs> and... Uh, he called me, said he's on the way to the hospital. Pray for him. I said, stop by the shop. And Jason was there. And Jason just is very gifted at hearing. I'm like, Lord, why don't you just give me that? I'll put it to use. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> for real, it just aggravates the <laughs> And uh, anyway, I'm like, let's pray. Everybody get a... See if anybody gets a word of knowledge. Because Jason prayed, and the pain left, eh, but it was still swelling and purple. And uh, I said, everybody pray. And then I just had a little thought, Cody. And I thought, oh, that's not. And then fear hit me where I'm, oh, that's dumb. That's, Jason's going to get the word on. You know, and finally, nobody's getting none. I'm like, and he's like, he's like this. He's the big old guy. It's like, this and then Cody mean anything? He's like, he just starts bawling. And he is heaving bawling. And uh, it was his nephew, he was really close with, that died. And nobody was in town for him to call. And he felt like if he had been walking with the Lord then, he would have not died. His mother was gone, and he feels like his prayers weren't answered. He blamed himself. So he dealt with that, prayed, swelling went down, he was totally healed. So the point of that is a word of knowledge will beat anything when you're doing a deliverance or healing and they're not getting healed or you can't get the demon out. The harder they are to get out, usually the, there is exceptions to these rules. Once in a while you get a, one that will stay out. Like certain ones are usually, like autism is just a difficult one. Um, a lot of people want to be free in areas, but they want to keep the areas they like. That's a big problem in deliverance. 
they'll repent. They might even repent for forgiveness, but unforgiveness. But uh, they won't. You gotta ask the questions. Colossians one thirteen. Let me see what that is. I got it written down. <laughs> Not full on my notes again. Speaking of Jesus, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The problem is with the church, especially some of the grace teaching, we got one foot in the kingdom and then one foot in Satan's kingdom. And you may even get healed there, but you're not getting delivered there. Because the enemy knows his legal rights and he knows everything you do. I'm sorry. I gave the testimony. Was everybody here last week? All right, I gave the testimony about <clears throat> they were doing deliverance on this little girl. They got her out of an institution because a deliverance minister was coming to church, and she's 11 years old, and she, they uh, started doing deliverance, and there were some ministers there watching, and he's on the second or third day. He's getting a lot of demons out, and the guy's like, I'm really tired. I, gotta, I need to take a break. And this pastor sitting over here, he's like, I can do this. And he's like, you demon of hell, you come out of her in the name of Jesus. And she just looks over and says, you can't cast me out. You're sleeping with your secretary. Looks back at him. And they, he said, the guy that was telling, said that guy didn't say another word the rest of the day. <laughs> and because uh, they know everything. Kenneth Hagin goes to this church. They say, can you pray for our son? He's and they had him like in this room in their house because he had like lost it. And uh, they take him there. He walks in. He goes, yeah, I seen you last Friday night driving here. You came down I-75. You turned at 1030 and you turned it. And he told him the whole exact time and everything, every way he drove there. They just know if that bothers you, then you need to get saved because God is the one. We, I don't care they know, but I'm just letting you know you're not getting away with anything. You're looking at something on the computer. Whatever it is you're doing, they know, and you're not going to have authority with them. And we've got a powerless church going at the moment because I don't mean our church. I like to. Have you all seen these? Some of you all have. Who hasn't seen them? I need to get them back. I just... Show them to her. Look at all three pictures. Anybody else? You saw them. Can I see you again, James? Thank you. I just like this stuff. This, uh, man, I'm giving the testimonies all right. I'm just feeling testimony tonight. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, there's this guy, Thurman Scrivener, he was on Sid Roth, and his wife, daughter, and granddaughter ran head-on into a big truck. They think his wife had a heart attack, ripped his wife and daughter to pieces. <coughs> he gets to the doctor. <coughs> they say, your, daughter, your granddaughter's brainstem is severed, so it's, you know, if it even gets 
hit, you're crippled and they can't do anything. Well, hers is, her brain's floating in her head. Her eyes are detached. Her skull's crushed in five places. Every organ in her body's crushed. One leg's broken two places. The other one, the knee's crushed. They said, there's no way she can live. He said, I guarantee you she'll live. She'll run and play and do every other thing other little girls do. He said, sir, that's not possible. She don't have a brain stem. He said, well, I guess God should have left John 15, 7 out of the Bible because it says if I abide in him and his word abides in me, I'll have whatsoever I ask. And they kept hitting him, and he just kept hitting him. And he knew if he gave on one little thing, gave in to him, like this was serious. And uh, so they... Uh, comes to the day they're going to disconnect her from the breathing machine. <clears throat> and he told Dallas, Texas, Cook's Medical Center. <clears throat> Doctor's like, look, we're going to disconnect her. We recommend not resuscitating her. She'll just be a vegetable. I guarantee you when you disconnect her from that machine, she'll breathe over what that machine's got her breathing now. He says, sir, I run another CAT scan. She still don't have no brainstem. There's no way that's possible. And nurse stands up, and I think he gave him a scripture. And Dr. Davis, woman, uh, not nurse, a doctor. Sir, you're the most unreeling to accept reality of any person I've ever met in my life. Don't you understand? She is fixing to die. He says, man, that is not possible. All six doctors duck their heads, walk over there, disconnect her. And they said, if somehow her lungs happen to expand, you got a cough or your lungs fill up with fluid. And she has no brainstem. Disconnect her, she breathes two points over the machine, and she coughed about every 15 minutes. And the doctor, st two and a half hours, the doctor watched her. Every time she'd cough, he'd go, that's not possible. He said, you just filled, filled another scripture. What's that? In the last days, so they even see, they still will not believe. <laughs> and uh, so he's on Sid Roth. Oh, I need to tell the rest of this. This is important. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get some teaching out of this. This will teach us. The, uh, so then, and he gets, I'm just going to go with testimonies. We've only got 10 minutes left. I'll tell the rest of the testimonies. He's in the hospital <clears throat> a while with her, and then he hears the doctors telling this lady, it's four of them, grandparents and parents, I'm sorry, your son's 90%, 95% brain dead. He'll be dead in the morning. Walks off. He walks over there, uh, can I ask you guys some questions? I heard what the doctor told you. Yeah. Uh, are y'all Christians? Well, yeah. Did you go to church? Well, I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and I don't go because he don't go. And then the dad didn't even, he thought he knew God, but he didn't know Jesus. And uh, he said, what a shame. Your grandbaby's going to die because you don't know the promises of God. What are you talking about? And then he takes 20 minutes, leads his dad to the Lord, says, take me to the baby, and uh, takes him up there. He says, just say I release your, my authority to you. <laughs> He's like, what? He's like, I don't have time to explain. He goes, okay. The nurse is standing there. Will this baby be alive in the morning? Puts his fingers on him, says, devil, this man's <clears throat> just accepted the Lord. All his sins are forgiven. You got no right to be in this child. Come out in Jesus' name. He says, he'll be fine. <laughs> he leaves. Next day, he comes walking in. The mother comes running up. Oh, my gosh, you got to see my baby. He says, what did God do for your baby? Takes him up there. He pulled all the uh, 
because he had tubes there. All the tubes out of him was laying there kicking and cooing. And he was black and blue the night before. <clears throat> so the dad buys a little red wagon. He's taking around all the hospital rooms. All of a sudden, there's this lady screaming. And uh, he goes over there and said, uh, the guy with the wagon, he says, what's wrong? He says, they said my baby's going to die, which is a six-year-old boy got shot in the neck. <clears throat> and he says, uh, you see that baby right there? Yeah. They told him, me, he'd be dead in the morning. You see that man with the white hair over there? He prayed for him. Go talk to him. She goes over there, will you pray for my baby? He says, I need to ask you some questions. I notice you're pregnant. Yeah. Uh, are you married? No. Were you married when you got pregnant with the other one? What's that got to do anything? Maybe nothing and maybe everything. And uh, she claimed to be a Christian. He said, well, did you know you just gave yourself over to the enemy by having sex out of marriage? And that's why the enemy's allowed to, and I'm not saying I'm sure he's right on this, but he's like, that's why he's allowed to attack your child. So he uh, says, if you'll repent right now, right here, God will hear your child. I guarantee it. He guarantees a lot. <laughs> but he gets results more than he says. She gets on her knees right in front of everybody, starts screaming, God, I'll never sleep with another man on a marriage. I promise. Please don't take my baby. And uh, he goes, prays for her. <clears throat> the nurse comes the next day. She said, you know, there's no way that child was going to live. The minute you prayed, all his vitals turn around. Now he got, I don't have time to go into them all. He got seven children. They said we were going to die for sure. Healed. And the, the chaplain of the hospital takes him up with a security guard system down and says, you pray for one more person in this hospital, I'm putting a warrant out on you, and you're going to jail. He says, well, I ain't stopping. He says, then you're going to jail. He goes, well, you can take that up with my king. And he walks out. The CEO of the hospital calls one of the nurses says, what's going on down there? She goes, we have miracles breaking out in this hospital. She starts telling him everything that happened. He goes, here, I'm dictating a letter. Give him this. You have permission to pray for anybody in this hospital. <laughs> then the guy comes to him. Well, I guess they made a special exception for you. <laughs> and uh, so the nurse gives him a letter, and she goes, I have this problem with my hip for years, and she got healed. And then uh, so this lady, that was a good testimony I had to tell. <clears throat> the whole point of it, I didn't get to. Again, just like AJ. <clears throat> So back to the girl. So she gets stable. Now they got squirt food in her, and she's like this, and she's blind, but she's stable. So they take her. He says, get her, if, if she gets where she can move, we'll see if we can get a motorized wheelchair. He says, she'll never be in a wheelchair. He takes her home, sets her on the couch. In the name of Jesus, be strong. In the name of Jesus, be strong. Two and a half hours. That don't mean he would have stopped at two and a half. She starts sitting up. Maybe he'd have went for days. I don't know, but he was not going to stop. And he starts standing her up in the name of Jesus. And he didn't say how long he did that. Next day, the nurse comes by. I'm here to see the baby. That's her on the couch. No, that's not this child. Says, don't you think I know my own grandbaby? Uh, Kayla, come here. She can't see, but she walks towards the voice. She goes, that's not possible. This child's like brain dead. Uh, says, well, look what Jesus did. And ended up, she started bringing other nurses by to see her. They go back to the, they have to go every two months. And the doctor was Jewish, and he told him, you're fixing to see the greatest Jewish doctor you've ever known of. Heal this <laughs> And uh, so he walks in, she's holding his finger. The doctor runs over, grabs her, runs in the office with her, and he 
So he walks in, he's examining her, he says, what do you think about my Jesus now? He says, all I can say is some power far greater than I know have had to do this. This is not possible. Two months later, it walks in, she's seeing. The only thing that wasn't working is a flap in her throat. And they having to squirt the fluid in, the food in her stomach. Two months later, ain't working. Two months later, ain't working. Tenth month, ain't working. And this guy hears so much, but he never heard anything the whole time. God would not speak to him. And the doctor looks in, you know, this 10th month. He goes, look, it's never going to work. He said, look, God's word always works. Either I got in some sin I don't realize or I'm doing something wrong. And when I figure it out, I promise you that will work. And he goes home, Mark 11, 23. This is what he, he always stands on scripture. He knows the Bible like you and I believe, but. Twenty-four, actually. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So he sits down for two and a half weeks. He's reading. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, Lord, I'm praying. He's doing this for two and a half weeks. Believe, Lord, I believe that you receive. He said, I don't know why it took two and a half weeks. He goes, that you receive. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm not believing I receive. I'm waiting for the doctors to say it's working. Because next door, the son-in-law, his, his daughter's husband, who the daughter's dead, so this is touchy, says uh, they got the child, three years old, totally normal now, running, playing, everything, except got to squirt food in her because the throat. Says, uh, do you got some baby food? I got some applesauce. Get it out. We got to feed her. Are you crazy? They said it'll kill her. They said it'll go in her lungs and kill her. He said... Well, they also said she would never breathe. Then they said she would never walk. Then they said she'd never see. Yeah, but they just checked and it wasn't working. Did you hear from God? He goes, God's waiting on us to believe his word. Why don't you start joining me instead of fighting me on everything I've got done here? Don't, you know, and he's, they go back and forth. He's like, all right. And they said, he, he said he's over in the corner. Though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> the dad was, <laughs> he put the applesauce out. Applesauce out. Taylor? Come on and eat. She goes, eats applesauce, goes back playing. She eats for the next six weeks. They go back to the doctor. Oh, my God, it's working. You can start feeding her. He goes, I started feeding her six weeks ago. <laughs> he said, you were the craziest man I ever met. So then uh, I, I thought that was important. So then this girl saw him on TV, the testimony, and said, we saw you on T Sid Roth's show. We know if you pray for our daughter, she'll be healed. He goes, well, what's wrong with her? She's got this skin disease. He goes, it's different with disease. He goes, there's a sin involved somewhere. It could be generationally up. Could be it's not hers if she's born with it. Nothing she did. Plus, if you're young, under 18 anyway. <clears throat> and he said, uh, do you have any other children? Yes. Older or younger? Older. How's their health? They're perfectly healthy. He goes, you got to send between those two and this one. Let me send you some CDs. Send her CDs. And I'll tell you one I didn't know I learned from him was murmuring and complaining. And I did it all the time. This one lady, seven years in a wheelchair, not one step. 
and had forgive everything. Nothing worked, and he prayed for her. And then he taught, and she goes, I found it. I didn't know murmuring and complaining was a sin. She repented that, and she was running around the church screaming. <clears throat> so uh, this lady calls back like two months later. I guess they're working on everything. Me and my husband have repented of everything. We're not walking in any known sin. He goes, good, she'll be healed. Praise, nothing happens. A month or two later, we found something else. A year and a half of calling in, everybody in his ministry prayed for it one time or another. A year and a half later, calls in and says, what do we do? We're not walking in any known sin, and she's worse than ever. He said, you and your husband get on your knees every morning and every night and pray Jeremiah 33, 3, and ask God what you did to cause this. Two weeks go by, she calls says, when I sat up on the bed this morning, I heard two words, lying and deception. I said, do you know what it was? He says, yes, I do. I was 39 years old. I wanted another child. My husband said, no way. I promised him I was trying not to get pregnant. I did everything I could to get pregnant. And then I said, God must have wanted us to have another child. He said, well, did you repent? Yeah. Did you repent to your husband? Yeah. Well, good. She'll be healed. I don't want her just healed. What are you talking about? You said on those CDs, if we walk uprightly before God, we can have him regard no sin in our heart. We can have what we, whatsoever we ask for. He says, yeah, I did. Well, she's covered with scars from head to toe, and I have to sleep in the bed with her and hold her hands at night because she scratches in her sleep. And now that I know all those scars are my fault, I want the scars healed too. He goes, oh, that's no problem. God, give her a coat of new skin. And that picture was two weeks later. You all saw. So, anyway. <laughs> says and says uh, how's that go as a bird by wandering the swallow by flying the curse causeless shall not come Deuteronomy 28 is the curse disease all the way down to hemorrhoids and Second uh, Corinthians 10.4 might as well read that I feel like I haven't read enough scriptures For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This sure didn't seem like a deliverance teaching. But anyway. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So when can we revenge our disobedience? when our obedience is fulfilled. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. We, what I see people do all the time, and I probably did it myself, I feel fear, all right? I'm resisting the devil. Lord, you have not given me the spirit of fear. What that actually means is submit to God, forgiveness, everything, be his. And then the devil will flee when you don't. But when you got all this sin in your life and you're just trying to resist him and you wonder why you're not getting free. When spirits, if one starts yelling, don't try to yell louder than him. 
he'll just know you're inexperienced and he's start really having fun with you. <laughs> the, uh, I had a couple more things. <clears throat> the, uh, again, this isn't pride. This is just teaching. I'm not saying just uh, when a person started screaming when I was doing the deliverance class the last time and I was telling them to come out and I walked back there. These are so you can do the same thing. I just walked back there and I said, John 20, 23, <clears throat> I remit whatever sin you got a hold of, you come out of it in the name of Jesus. I, he said, you're, I said, you're delivered, I guarantee it. And I'm telling you, every spirit of doubt I, made me want to turn around so bad thinking that thing's going to, and if I'd have turned around, I'd have been battling that thing for 30 minutes. It's faith. <clears throat> that same guy, he had a, uh, he used to travel people's places, and if they were sick, <clears throat> I'm going to give just a couple more testimonies, all right? Got time? Okay. I just thought of one, I think. <clears throat> I thought it was really good. The, uh, there's a woman that was uh, <coughs> three weeks hadn't eaten, going to die any day, cancer, and uh, all her insides are ate out. And they, uh, he heard that guy on a CD, and he called him and said, would you come pray for my wife? So he flew out there and took her two and a half hours just to get dressed, but she wanted to be dressed when he got there. He read her scriptures for several hours explaining, and he said, oh, i got to catch a plane. He said, have you heard enough word to be healed? She goes, yes, you cast this demon out of me, and I'm healed. Okay. Man says, go, sir, can you take me to the airport? I'm going with you. Are you sure? Yes, I'm healed. She goes, drop me off at the gate, I'll walk. I'm walking you. Are you sure? Yes, I'm healed. Now, she ain't ate, her colon, everything's rotted out, right? Way back, there's a seafood restaurant coming up on the right, honey. Stop there. They got the best shrimp in town. She ate, was totally healed. She had asked the priest to come lead, read last rites of her. <clears throat> so he didn't make it. So he calls like three months later to apologize to the husband. Hello, Barbara? Yes. What happened? Well, and the guy's Baptist. He says, this Baptist minister came by and prayed for me. And he goes, can I have his phone number? priest calls Thermos Scrimmer says, sir, we've been praying for people for 19 years and we've never had one person healed. Could you come out and teach us? He says, sure. He goes out there and teaches it for eight hours, like 29 priests. And he said, if you want to make sure nobody ever gets healed, say, God, if it be your will, heal them. He goes, you'll never see anybody healed. The guy says, I see my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Comes back three months later, that priest called. He says, sir, I want to thank you for coming out. Every single person we've prayed for since you taught us has been healed. After 19 years of no one. <clears throat> now I forget the other testimonials. <laughs> Lord, what was that, Lord? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Man, it seemed like it was a good one. I then I remembered that one. I want to tell it first. Oh, he goes to New Mexico to uh, this. I don't know if she was, I think she may have been the pastor. I don't remember. But this woman was 
involved in the church, and he met with her in the restaurant of the motel he was staying in. And, and this is pretty wild. <laughs> okay. If you've done a lot of deliverance, you realize demons are like gnats. They're just... You can have demons over coffee. I mean, it's crazy. Addictions. It's, you don't realize how much... Okay? So just trying to stretch you a little, because here we go. He's eating with this lady <clears throat> from this church, and she says, I have this pain in my side, and I just can't get rid of it. I listen to your CDs. I've repented. I've forgiven everybody. He goes, well, it's just a demon. I'll command it out. Okay. Right in the middle of the restaurant. Come out in Jesus' name. No. We have legal right to be here. How many are you? 2,823. What legal right do you got to be there? When she was a little girl, she was in Rainbow Girls, and we are so interwoven in her mind, you'll never get her to repent. He says, that's okay. I use John 20, 23. I remit it. Now, come out in Jesus' name. He goes, no Christian knows what that scripture means. He says, I know what it means. Come out. He starts commanding him out. Then she hits the floor like a snake. He gets on top of her. The, the restaurant manager comes, you've got to leave. You're scaring everybody. <laughs> My staff wants to leave. And some guy comes up. Sir, I'm a doctor. Can I help? He goes, well, I'm a pastor, and I'm casting demons out. I doubt it. <laughs> he says, how many are you? 1,427. Come out in Jesus' name. She's spitting up and foaming. And, and uh, then uh, he finally uh, calls his wife. She comes with the other guy. There was three of them that went to minister. <clears throat> they take her up to the room. At one point, she's like, I'm good. He goes, you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. And this guy's like six, seven. He's a big guy. He turns his head, and she jumps up in the air and sidekicks him and goes across the floor like a snake. <laughs> he jumped back on her. <laughs> and then, uh, then uh, so they get her up, and uh, his wife's holding one of her arms, and <clears throat> this really helped me in deliverance, if you'll get this, okay? It's really helped me. <clears throat> they get down to two. He gets down to two. And he's been going... Uh, two hours on those two, and then he ain't moving. And he looks up. I think it's seven hours altogether, five hours, something like that. <clears throat> he looks up the clock and says, Lord, I got to teach in an hour. When are these two coming out? And the Lord said, the Lord always calls him son. <clears throat> this is the guy that hears audibly. He says, son, I'm a faith God, and I finished it at the cross. When you believe they're coming out, that's when they're coming out. He said, that's it. I'm telling you one more time, and this is over. In the name of Jesus, come out. And he jumps up and says, woman, you're delivered. I guarantee it. <laughs> and she's like, where am I? Why are you people holding me down? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that's why I didn't turn back around when <laughs> the enemy tried to make me turn around when that lady was manifesting in the class that time. And I said, you're delivered. I guarantee it. But I heard it somewhere else. See, these things have helped in situations. So it's 20 to 8. I feel like I didn't have a good ending, or, but uh, that was good. <laughs> I want to hear healing testimony? All right. I got a race car, and I was doing something to it. It started shooting gas out. I'm not going to explain all that, but... Um, and the whole garage goes up in flames. I'm in this friend of mine's brand-new garage, too. Shoot his toolbox. My arm is burning like this high. 
I'm, I smack it a few times. I think I'm going to lay on it. I run outside. It's all sand. I'm like, I didn't want to lay on the sand with the bird. It's still burning. So I started, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> it goes out. They put the fire out. And I usually, this is something, if you've never tried it, like, like if a bee stings me or something, I just go, in the name of Jesus, pain signals quit going in my brain. I know I'm stung. I don't need you anymore. Stop now. All pain go. It usually goes. I'm like, pain go. It ain't going. <laughs> it is, um, I mean, it is burning. And I'm rebuking and nothing's happening. And that was the first time in a long time I couldn't rebuke pain. And uh, I go to the walk-in clinic. I walk in. The nurse looks up. You need to go to the emergency room. I said, no, I was just over by there. I can't afford that. You need to go to the emergency room. The doctor comes out. I'm like, come on, you guys can take care of this. And, and he used to give me free medicine samples if I was sick or something. He's always good to me <clears throat> right there on Midway Road. I said, uh, he looks at it a little bit. He says, go ahead. I'll, we'll take care of it. I go back there. That She's like putting this stuff on. You really need to go to the emergency room. This is really bad. We don't have the stuff for a burn like this. <clears throat> I said, look, God's going to heal the burn. I said... I told her the testimony about my brother, not quite as detailed, but she's just looking at me like I'm lying. <clears throat> and then I said, I just need something for the pain. So she goes, comes back and says, well, if you can get somebody to pick you up, <clears throat> we'll give you a shot. But it's probably going to knock you out. It'll kill the pain. Give me the shot. Go home. Knocks me out. I'm bandaged up. Wake up. Feels normal. Like, I wonder if, shouldn't that be, she gave me a prescription for Percocet. Like, hmm, I wonder if that's supposed to be burning. Three days later, I go in. I got to change the bandages. I walk in. I know you're in pain. I said, no, praise God, I got a miracle. I was wondering if it was supposed to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I go back there. <clears throat> She's got this gauze. She's like, and I'm just talking to her because it feels normal. But it's mush in the skin. is like, right? So it's purple mush. And she's like, she goes, I know that's hurting you. I said, what? I know that's hurting you. I said, give me that gauze. She's like, what? Give me the gauze. She's like, puts the gauze in my head. Said, and I mean, the skin went hanging off my arm like this far. But I go, look, you see that? I wouldn't say God did something he didn't do. You see that? That don't hurt at all. <laughs> and she's like, so she runs, runs out, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on now, you know? <laughs> she comes back in with the other nurse. Tell him, tell him. And then I get to pray with them every time I go in there. So then I run into this guy. He goes, man, what happened to your arm? I pull it up. As you can see, there ain't no scar. <clears throat> I pull up the thing. He goes, oh, man, you're going to be scarred for life. I said, no. And this was the Holy Ghost because I didn't really think about this. But I said, no, there ain't going to be no scars. God already healed it. Then he ran into me, and he couldn't believe there's no scars. Four months later, he wrecks on his four-wheeler, lands on his head. His name's Sid Carlton. You might know him. <clears throat> Can't move. Ambulance gets him, takes him to the hospital. He gets where he can move by the time he gets there. They x-ray him. He has a cracked vertebrae in his neck. They send him for an MRI, send him home. He calls me. I go out there. Never been to the guy's house. <clears throat> says, uh, he just knew me from racing and stuff. says, Tells me he's in a real neck brace, you know, locked down. And his fingers are numb, too. 
he says, uh, that tells me what happened. He says, that happened with your arm. Anybody else has been scarred for life? He goes, that's the real deal. Can you pray for my neck? I said, sure. Instantly, he gets the feeling back in his fingers. He goes for the MRI results that Thursday. Say, you have a disc way out in your neck. We're going to have to operate. She takes the neck brace off, says, move your side, head side to side till it hurts. He goes, doesn't that hurt? Nope. Well, I know you can't really move it up and down. Just move it as far as you can. Steps up, her eyes are like this big, says, I don't need no operation. I'm out of here. He walks out, and a month later, he fought in the Tough Man contest at the Civic Center. <laughs> I was like, he's got more faith than the Christians. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I guess that's it. I could go on forever. <laughs> Testimonies. I like that. <laughs> I feel like I had no direction. You just oh, yeah. Yeah, went all over the place with nothing right. really. Does anybody need prayer? pray for all y'all, and then if you want someone needs healing. <sighs> Father, we thank you for this night, Lord, and I ask that you just stir everyone here to believe, Lord, to believe your promises, Lord. You paid such a price, Father, sending your son, what you went through. Help us to step out and do the whole reason that you sent Jesus here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>